This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're starting the week off feeling good. Hope you got some rest over the weekend. Uh, that's what I'm trying to remind everyone to do. I have to, you know, keep putting it on my socials, my social media to remind everybody. But, uh, you know, we really want to use those weekends to the uh, best that we can. Make them really, really rooted in rest and healing and restoration. It's hard, you know. Uh, I was talking to some clients about this, uh, about this topic this week where we were talking about when we say those words, right? Like rest, relaxation, restoration. Are we actually doing that? And we were talking about how the bar is quite high for the amount of stimulation we are familiar with, right? Um, and I mean that with the social media piece where no matter what we're doing in the world, and I went to see some art again over the weekend. Uh, I've shared with y'all, I love going to galleries and, and museums, uh, seeing local art and also some you know wider known artists. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to that, but What's fascinating is you would think, right, here we are in Los Angeles at an amazing museum with phenomenal exhibits, uh, phenomenal space, LACMA, if you've been to the, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, right? Yeah. And beautiful, beautiful space. <clears throat> the weather is beautiful. I, I, of course, go very early before the sun and the heat are fully out because for longtime listeners and, and, and people that have been a part of my life, I, I don't like the sun or the heat. My seasonal affective, it, it starts to make me very depressed, very anxious. I have a, a little bit of a sensory integration disorder, right? So um, sound and light and temperature tends to be a little more overwhelming for me than other people. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I centered my life around it. I, I, got, <laughs> I got an early set of tickets to go to LACMA. My point being, I'm like rambling. Uh, my point being is this. Beautiful space. Architecture is stunning. A lot of interesting people around. We're all socially distanced. We're wearing our masks uh, because we're still in a pandemic. And you would think that that would be enough, right? Enough stimulation. Enough uh, uh, moments of interesting things to take note of. Nonetheless, there's a lot of people with their head down in their phones, even while they're with other people. So what's happening when we're doing that? Well, number one, we're missing out on time with the people around us because shared experience is what we're really seeking. And I tell that to couples. It's about having shared experience. And that's why there's a difference between sitting on the couch watching the same movie, right? Versus being on separate phones or laptops. Being on your phones while sitting next to each other is not a shared experience. You're not witnessing the same thing. It's not something you can both engage or discuss and you're not, you're not connected or reachable. You know what I mean? Someone's lost in thought, they're disconnected. So I'm watching that happen. They're also missing out on the, the, the art of just the architecture and the way the buildings are presented. And then I'm seeing some of them even doing it while inside at the galleries, literally not spending time with the art in front of them. I spent almost a full 15 to 20 minutes with one piece, reading about it, just standing there taking it in. I took some photos, like it, it shifted me, right? Like that's the point of art is to make you feel something. Not always something positive, but to make you feel something. That's its whole purpose and point. The artist is trying to create an experience. They're trying to express, but they're trying to also invoke, right? So we're used to having so much stimulation that for most, it's not enough to be with people or to be outside or at the, or at LACM or even in front of some of this art. They're like, how can I weave in more, right? We've talked about this in line at Starbucks. Instead of taking those four to seven minutes to just be with self, to breathe, to look around, 
immediately people pick their phone up. I noticed I do it, right? My point in all of this, to take it further, is we want our weekends to be relaxing, which means the lowest levels of stimulation possible. If you want to go have a, a banger on a Friday night, go do you. But when we're talking about relaxation, if you're at the pool, walking, hiking, at the park, on your couch, one thing at a time, our nervous systems are overloaded with our work, our family, right? The news, we can't put on the news without hearing about another boarding school where indigenous individuals were murdered, uh, another racial, another, you know, act of racial violence, uh, more transphobia with these laws being passed in different places in the U.S. Um, that's a lot on our nervous systems. We're in a pandemic. We need to down-regulate right? We need to not be taking on even more stimulation. We're burning ourselves out and we're pushing the threshold, which means we're also needing more. And that's why movies and television and, and media is, is moving faster. I can't remember the technical term, but there's a term for the amount of pops, the amount of cuts and changes that you'll see in a movie or a commercial. And they're squeezing in more and they're moving faster because they're realizing the threshold is so high that we need it to go pop, 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 loud, fast, quick to keep our attention and for us to see it as fun. That's not good because that's not transferable in other areas of life, such as going to a museum. That is not gonna be able to compete with the levels of stimulation we're used to. And I watch people trying to fold in other layers. So we're trying to downregulate, we're trying to do less. Even within eroticism, we're trying to do less. It's not always faster, hard, more, but we think that that's the purpose, right? How can we keep pushing the envelope in our lives? But it, it's exhausting us. Uh, we're gonna take a little break. <laughs> we'll be back though, and we're gonna talk about uh, some necessary uh, word changes so as to be a little more social justice-y and mental health-centered in the word word choices we use. Because what you know, what are we doing? We're trying to be better for exploited, marginalized individuals because it's a mental health issue, right? So we're talk about that, and um, then we're gonna talk about how to age gracefully. Ah, uh, yes, something we all need to get better about. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new Odyssey, brought to you by Astroglide. Yep, those will be the DMs that we'll be gliding into later. We'll be back. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Alrighty, we're back and we're talking about word replacements. What does that mean? Well, it's important to me as an act of mental health to look out for the impact, the words or phrases that I might use and we might use that it has on people that are historically oppressed. That's a mental health issue. Social justice is a mental health issue. Um, when someone's oppressed or there's a form of violence, absolutely their mental health is brought into that, right? So that's why we have to be talking more about it. But I appreciate that not everyone's up on the current language, right? Things that are okay to say, things that are not okay to say, because, I want everyone to remember, it's just about care and compassion. I know I personally don't want other people to be harmed when I'm trying to tell a story. And that's what we're talking about, just changing some words. That I want, I want others to feel respected, right? I think 
most of us are aware that if we're slinging around racist terms, homophobic terms, transphobic terms, that we're creating violence, we're harming someone, we're harming the person in front of us that's listening, whether they're gay or trans or not, or black or of color. We're also harming others indirectly and directly by perpetuating and normalizing these concepts. There's nothing wrong with us saying, yes, you are free to use whatever language you want. You are, by law, you are protected. You can stand and just shout those words, but that doesn't mean it's not harmful, and that's where mental health comes in. If, if you don't care about harming others, you have poor mental health. If you don't care about the language you use when others are saying, hey, I am that person and these words harm me and you're like, I don't care, that's narcissism, that's sociopathy. Um, that, that is not mental health. And so a mental health, we have to talk about caring about how we impact others. We're gonna talk about specific words that are rooted in race and ethnicity, but I want you to know that that applies to people even within their own household, right? Um, Individuals will often say things that are very hurtful to people they claim to love, their children, their partner, not knowing again that your work, being a relational being, is to care about how you impact the people around you. And that is expanded. I care, you should, we need to care about our neighbors. We need to care about the people we maybe hook up with or just go on one random date with. I want us to care more about that random person we're talking to on a dating app because healthy people don't move through the world harming those around them. And healthy people don't move through the world harming those around them and then try to make it okay by saying things like, it's only an app. No, that's a human being on the receiving end and their mental health is impacted by this. Or it was just a word or a costume. There are people who are repeatedly having violence against them culturally and taken advantage of, and that's another reinforcement of that. Like, let's care. There's, there's no loss to trying to be better for individuals, right? But yes, freedom of speech. You have a right to use whatever words you want, I'm not trying to take that away. I'm trying to build in some more ethics. So if you've been following the news, you've been seeing this really gnarly cover-up and uh, looking back at boarding schools, and they're part of the history of genocide, attempts at genocide against indigenous individuals. Go do the research. It's really heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, um, happening here in the United States, but also our neighbors up north in Canada. And part of that, and this has also been something that's been discussed around the time of um, Halloween as well, is saying, look, if you're not part of a culture, uh, don't wear that culture's, don't don't wear uh, stereotypical pieces of that culture and somehow think that that has a neutral impact, right? And terminology is the same, and it's really funny because I'm all about words. As a therapist, the words that people use to talk about themselves and the world and others really lets us understand their psyche. I'm always tracking people's word usage because it helps me understand not just the world that they live in, right, that they're at the mercy of, but also the kind of world that they're uh, perpetuating, right? And so just changing some terminology really relaxes our experience of self and other, right? Um, am I lying? Or do I have privacy and boundaries? There's a one's empowering, one's disempowering, right? So, and it's not about cognitive dissonance, which means for most to to change something that isn't okay, to find a, a bunch of verbal gymnastics to make it okay, as opposed to actually saying, I need to just engage in better behavior. This is a true re-narration, right? When we're looking at, are we telling narratives about our lives and the lives of others that aren't 100% honest, but are also very disempowering? Is there a more empowering perspective around that? And language choice, again, for cultural minorities, people that are exploited and marginalized, these words matter. Right, And that's why we're not using the N-word. That's why we're not using the F-word when we're describing gay people. Because historically, those are words of violence. And those aren't for people that historically perpetuated that violence to just sling around casually like it doesn't matter. It's harmful. It hurts people, right? So we're talking about indigenous individuals. There's a lot of common terms that we hear. So I wanted to kind of look at what are some of the problematic phrases that might be very normal for us and what are some more empowered appropriate ways to kind of utilize not utilize them but get our point across and and also feel free to help lovingly call in friends or family members that use these words calling in versus calling out calling out is let me do this in 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 the inverse calling in is an act of respect calling in is to directly reach out to someone and to say, hey, and again, as always, notice my tone and notice my language choice. That's always part of, you know, the another important part when I'm scripting something. Hey, I notice you often use that word or hey, I heard the word you just used. That's very harmful for me or that's harmful for the certain individuals. Can I explain to you why? That's calling someone in. It's safe, 
right? It, it creates an environment where they're going to feel open to learning and hearing. Calling out is usually that harsh word, that harsh version where you, you make it public, it's aggressive, and it doesn't necessarily create a safe space for the person to learn or be educated. And that's why when in doubt, try to call someone in first. I appreciate people that have sent me DMs saying, hey, Dr. Chris, I was looking at your most recent post. It was really hard to see you use certain words or concepts. Here's why. And I'll say, thank you for educating me. I did not know. That's what the process should look like versus someone coming in hot, pissed off, in the comments section, name calling and bullying and saying, here's what's wrong and you're this and you're that. That is not constructive or transformative. Now I realize call out culture is important sometimes because we don't always have access to individuals and we can create movements and remove people from positions of power. And if someone's violent or toxic, they must be removed from a position of power. That's how we keep ourselves safe. But calling in is always the preferred measure when possible. All right, we're gonna take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about uh, some, some, some changing some of these uh, colonizer terms, right? Uh, so stick around. We're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and uh, essentially we're talking about how language is mental health. Mental health is language, language that we use, language that's used around us and directed towards us. And look, it's always changing, which is a good thing. We're always getting educated and we're learning. Don't be afraid of that. Some people get so frustrated and they're like, what's with all these pronouns and what's with all these strange sexual orientations and gender expressions? And it's like, it's, it's evolution. It's, it's truth. It's more honest. Be excited about it. Be curious. Don't feel so beat up or oppressed by it. It's people living their full total selves. Remember, the goal in life and the goal of mental health and a goal I set for myself every day is to live my authentic and total self in all settings at all times with all people. Treating everyone the same, right? Trying to be myself the same. Um, that's an important, beautiful process. And for individuals to be able to do that, sometimes we have to change the languaging and language structures and language usage. Um, don't be afraid of it. It's a fascinating thing. So we're talking about the indigenous population. Um, how do we go from appropriated native individuals terms as you know, people that are from a different uh, population and not inflict harm? Well, first one is, have you heard people say things like powwow? Like, hey, let's powwow about this. That would be what we call an appropriative term. Right. And a better way to say it is just, hey, let's have a meeting about this. Getting rid of that word powwow. You're not of the indigenous culture, not your term. And understandably, for a population that's marginalized and having violence enacted against them, you can see it very clearly with this boarding school situation, as well as the stealing of land. You know, Native Americans being told, go back to your own, you know, go back to your own home and yet the white person shouting that is standing on native land that was stolen also that has an indigenous name like have you ever looked at some of the names of your streets and your neighborhoods or your towns they're indigenous that speaks to whose land that 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 originally was it's a beautiful thing don't be afraid of that also people saying things like my spirit animal nah don't do that just make your point i feel very familiar with that person i feel very comfortable with that person I, 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 had, I was in a conversation, I'll never forget this, this was about f four or five years ago, and someone was saying someone was their spirit animal, someone who's white. And um, it was really beautiful. Uh, someone who's in the conversation with us said, hey, listen, let me stop you for a second. Um, I don't think you actually understand what that word means. And that word is a very sacred word and it comes from the indigenous culture and you're misusing it and you're also disrespecting it. Maybe there's a better word to express that. And it was done in such a beautiful way where they were calling the person in. They're like, hey, listen, I, wa I wanna just help you better understand this and what's going on. Um, and and I, thought that, I thought that that was really, really, really necessary. And I thought that that was really, really, really beautiful. We wanna be open to that. Um, but that was, that was one of the ways that that can be enacted, spirit animal. Also, uh, trying to say you wanna get someone or vote someone off the reservation, I think, I think that's also a really important one to kind of move away from again. We can't steal the land of individuals, continue to uh, enact violence and oppress, and then ab absorb some of their language and not think that that's a problem. You know what I mean? So instead of saying get someone off the reservation, find another way to translate that, right? Another one, lowest man on the totem pole. How about we just say something like, oh, that person's lower on the, on the ladder or that person is in a position of less power. Circle the wagons is another problematic one. Doing a rain dance is another problematic one. 
uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians, calling someone an Indian giver, uh, talking about your tribe. Just say, these are my people. You know what I mean? Uh, say there's too many bosses, not enough staff. Instead of rain dance, say I'm hoping for rain. Again, to some people they're saying, this sounds minute, this sounds small, why are we making a big deal of this? Because if you're a part of a population that's disempowered and having violence enacted against you, it's really hard to see people successfully using elements of your culture, again, while targeting you and benefiting from it. And that's why during Gay Pride, there's a lot of conversation about companies that historically could care less about gay people, that have donated a lot of money to anti-gay and trans legislation, slapping a gay pride flag on some of their clothing to make more money. Yes, that's offensive. And it's also performative. It's not real, right? And, and, and I want that to be something we take seriously. <clears throat> Are you taking advantage of these different cultures that you don't actively fight for or support to your benefit, especially financially? So I know that the wording, some people might be like, ah, oh, we're getting too PC and sensitive. I think it's about, again, care, compassion, and evolution, and just being present in these important historical moments and understanding history, which is why I'm all about critical race theory being taught. It helps us understand the world in truth. I mean, when I relearned history, not the white cis hetero version that I was that I was socialized in school. School is very much white cis hetero propaganda. Please know that. I was not told of the famous gay and trans people that have existed throughout history that I was aware of historically, but was not told that they were gay or trans. That would have been very beneficial to me as a young child and for many others. I was not told about the real Thanksgiving. I thought it was that we came and we shared and we celebrated, not that we spread smallpox and raped and pillaged and murdered and stole. Like, we're just trying to get back to truth. We're trying to empower people we've disempowered. It is a mental health issue. It's a mental health issue to rewrite history to still center white cis hetero people. And that's why languaging choice, <clears throat> it matters. All right, we gotta take a little break. We're gonna be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs. Brought to you by Astro Glide. Gliding into the DMs. Here we go. They say, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been with my boyfriend for four years, and it's a great relationship. See, I love hearing that. I mean, you're doing the work. Four years, that's a long amount of, you know, it's a decent amount of time. You've really gotten to see what kind of compatibility you have, what kind of chemistry. You've done the work. Good on y'all. Uh, we've kind of always agreed that we never wanted kids because we didn't want them growing up with two dads. Wow, and having to be bullied or explain that to anyone. See, that's heartbreaking, that the motivating you know, force is bigotry and prejudice. Uh, we definitely live in a very homophobic world. Um, bummer to see, though, that people are making such major decisions in trying to protect their children from having to encounter that. You know, that's why we gotta work hard to make it safer place and space and tons of great books on how to come out to your children and build a more inclusive you know environment socially and familiarly but um i guess this is a call to action to culture to the educational institutions let's not let this be the reason why people don't have children you know let it be i don't know because i don't want kids <laughs> uh but anyway back to your question you said however recently i've been kind of looking at kids and exploring the idea in my mind i brought it up to him and he didn't get upset but his stance on it didn't change. I don't really know if what I'm thinking of is just a baby fever or if I really do want a kid. Either way, if he's if he isn't willing to budge on it, is it time to let him go? No, I don't think it is. I think these are one of, you know, a really important this is one of those important topics where a couple or an individual or a relationship is put to the test. How committed are you? Um, and what I mean by that is are you willing to give up on your partner in service of fulfilling the dream of having a child? Um, that does communicate to your partner that you're not really as committed as he might've thought you were. Um, because some people might say, yeah, but having a child is a higher goal. I, I don't think it is. I think it's a goal and being in the partnership you're in as happily as you happen for four years is just as reasonable a goal. And part of being in a committed relationship is often letting go of further dreams we had. Sometimes being in a relationship is about mourning the loss of other things you might have had that your relationship won't allow for. 
we might have a relationship where someone gets injured and we're not going to be traveling anymore the way we would have traveled or hiking or dancing due to injury or illness or whatever. You know, the, we never know what the world's going to give us. But if you're willing to leave your partner at the idea of having a child, well, then your partner should have some anxiety that there might be other important reasons as to why you might leave that aren't rooted in anything he has control over. I respect his lack of interest in having a child. It's, it's a big commitment. It's a big decision, especially... If he's realizing, and it is true that we live in a world that isn't necessarily conducive to raising the kind of family he wants to raise, I respect that. I respect that you might want a child more. I don't know, but it's not a good sign for him as your partner in a relationship that you're willing to leave over something like that. Um, but more importantly, you did say it's something you're not even necessarily completely committed to. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, sit with it a little bit longer. You know, what is the fantasy you have of what kids will provide? Because I do think that's an important question. What is it you're seeking in having children? Is there another way to encounter that, to bring that to, you know, to life? Is there another way to have that? And, you know, maybe you want to be a, a, an uncle or a caregiver, but maybe not the primary. I don't know. You got some exploring to do, but I don't think it's a reason to leave the relationship. I think you should sit with that more, process that more. But your partner should also hear what you're saying, which is, I have other things that mean a little bit more to me than you. And that might be something that your partner might want to leave you for realizing, wow, you're not as in this as I thought you were. And instead of sticking around and working through, you might just be leaving. Um, that would be concerning to me. So there's a lot in that. But again, before you exit this relationship, make sure a child is something you want. Um, and you're not necessarily guaranteed that if you were to re-enter the dating world that your next partner would necessarily want children. They might not. I know right now I don't want children and I wouldn't be willing to be in a relationship with someone who does because it's not something that really fits into my life right now, you know? And if my partner said, hey, I, I might leave because you don't want children, I'd say, wow, good to know that you're not as committed as I thought you were. So that's in there too. Um, all of these things are diagnostic of a lot of different things. So be where you are. And if that's what you want, that's what you want. But make sure that you are solid in that before you exit a relationship, you know? All right, y'all. We're going to take a little break and come back. We're going to be talking about aging and ageism. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that a lot more because I think it's still a very oppressed identity and community that we don't support or talk enough about and something that we're all going to be encountering at some point in our lives, you know? All right, y'all, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. Stick around, we'll be back. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. All right, we're back. We're talking about, um, gosh, how to, grace, uh, how to gracefully age. Tell you what, it's a difficult thing to do in our culture, right? I mean, one of the things we talk about over and over is anti-aging, anti-aging. Why are we anti-aging? Number one, you can't, it's going to happen. And number two, let's stop creating a battle. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend about this over the weekend about the gym. I thought so many people go to the gym for aesthetic reasons because they want to have this one singular body that we've told everyone they need to have to be desirable, desirable, to be healthy, to be respectable. What if we instead did what we're trying to do, which is just be be the body you have. That is so much easier, so much less work, so much cheaper. Same thing with aging. What if we just said, some people have acne, some people have stretch marks. What if we normalized the diversity and creativity of our bodies and stopped saying, no, you have to fight aging, you have to fight aging. Not only can you not, but it's it, it really creates, um, it really creates a, a divide. I, I see that socially, I see that within dating apps. Um, Aging is something that everyone's going to have to get familiar with. It's something that's coming down the pike for everyone. And so what does that even look like? And, and I, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a side topic that I dip in and out of as I get age, as I myself age and, and get older, I, I have started to see some, well, you become a little more aware of ageism, uh, utilized, or let me say it differently, weaponized essentially, because that's really what it is. Ageism is weaponizing um, someone's age, someone's chronological place and time. It's, it's like a punishment, right? Like ageism and being anti-aging is to say, even though you've been blessed and gifted with your continued existence, right? You lived another day to participate in the world and in life. We're also going to make it like a disability thing and, and pathologize it and punish it. And we have such a decline narrative around aging, but aging is not just all decline. Youth has some negatives associated with it. And as we spend more time on the planet, there's a lot of beauty and strength in it. But we have to really do a lot of work to get to that kind of perspective because, again, we're such an ageist culture. We, we don't like <clears throat> anyone aging. We think it's something bad. We think it's, 
we think it's a deficit. Other cultures value it. They value the success of that. They value the wisdom of that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to build in. So I personally, realizing that I'm aging, I mean, I've known that always, but now I'm of a certain age where it's more profound. Um, I'm doing the work to build a, uh, a healthy, I'm trying to build a world around me that has a healthier perspective on aging, which is what I had to do around sex and a multitude of things. If we just exist in the world as it is, we're not gonna do well mental health wise. Our world is rooted in, you need to be something other than you are. It's called toxic self-help and self-improvement culture. We are obsessed with the idea that we always need to be working on ourselves and optimal. We, we don't. Actually, the work should be on accepting ourselves. That's the mental health perspective. Accept yourself as you are. That's, that's the core, but our culture is the opposite. Always be working on yourself, using your anti-aging creams, going to the gym to try to get you know uh, what we see as a fit or a gym body, uh, always performing your gender and ignoring who you really are. Every single ad and marketing piece, all, all advertisements and marketing is about saying, you need something else or you need to be different. You need to wear the, the season's you know current clothing or you need to get the newest iPhone. It's always about not being good enough. And as we've talked about a lot on the show, mental health and happiness is about contentment. And contentment means I'm good. I'm good with who I am, I'm good with how I am, I don't need any more. And that's really what this work is about. And so anti-aging, it's kind of like the work I do around people that are trying to get comfortable in their gender identity or their um, differing body shape and size, people that are fat identified or larger bodied. You have to really, 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 really do a lot of work around you to, to curate the world that will reflect back that you have worth and value. It's very difficult because standard television, standard music, standard conversations, fashion won't do that. The world is not pro-age, <clears throat> just as evidenced by the word anti-aging. Try, trying to get rid of wrinkles, Botox. Again, I'm not saying that those things are bad. It's kind of like when people talk about capitalism and, and they'll say capitalism's toxic, capitalism is the root of all of our problems, the idea that you are only as good as your worth, uh, I'm sorry, you're only as good and your worth is tied to what you produce, that you have to earn money and work hard to be seen as a human being and to get basic needs met like housing and healthcare. Even if you are lazy, which I don't agree with that word, but Everyone has a right just as a human being on this planet to have housing, to have their needs met, to have healthcare. You shouldn't have to work for those things, right? But we don't live in that kind of world. And so again, if you want to work on age, you have to really be thoughtful in the ways you move through the world, how you approach these topics, um, what kind of supports and tools you put around you. When we come back, we're gonna dig more into what, what does that work look like, but just know that. If you want to do the mental health work, it's a practice. And that's why I call it the work. It's also a practice because if you're just running through our culture on autopilot, you're absorbing the wrong messages. It's going to say, go to the gym. It's going to say, get some anti-aging products. It's going to say, get the newest, newest gadgets. It's going to always say there's more to do when the work is again about coming back to contentment, but also more powerfully saying, who am I? And does the world that I participate in, the world that I've helped build around me, does it reflect back that people like me have worth and value? Because if not, it can't. A, a, um, a black person can't survive in white supremacist culture. A gay person can't cannot survive and have mental health in a heterocentric culture. Someone of later years cannot survive in a youth-obsessed oriented culture. We have to find other pieces. We're going to come back and talk about it. You are listening to Loveline on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. We'll be back. All right, we're back and we're talking about aging, something we're all going to have to go up against. How do we do our best? How do we push back on this um, this decline narrative? That's I use that word a lot because that's really, really how it's perceived as that it's all downhill from here, but it really depends on what we're talking about. Um, in the past, if we were kind of entering from a sexual lens, I would say to people, remember, there's genital prime and there's sexual prime, but we tend to collapse them into one thing and we'll say, oh, your sexual prime is when you're 18 or 20 and da -da. No, that's not true. That's your genital prime. That might be the time when you are at your most robust to 
procreate and to have children, but most people, that is not what sex is about or why they have sex. For most of us, it's about our sexual prime. That's our genital prime. When our genitals are going to be best able to do what they do to get someone pregnant, great. But that is not why most people are entering sexuality. It's for entertainment, it's for pleasure, it's for intimacies, for connections, for body autonomy, all sorts of things. So we talk about sexual pleasure. I'm sorry, sexual prime, not genital prime. Genital prime's in your teen years. Awesome. Sexual prime in theory, if you do the work, increases as we age because we start to step into our truth, our true sexual self. We get more confident in our sexual interests. We get more confident in ourself. We get more confident in our body. And we start to move towards a more honest and total expression of who we are sexually. Our sexual prime increases with age if you do the work. If not, if you just go through the life with your head down, just living in the world as it already is, that will not occur. You have to seek things out. You cannot learn to love your fat, larger body just as is in our current culture. You're gonna struggle to love your gay trans body as it is in our current culture. You're gonna struggle to learn to love your older body in our current culture. You have to create a certain kind of world. You have to stay connected with certain community. You have to read certain resources. You have to follow certain things on social media. You have to curate a world that reflects back, this is okay because the general world doesn't do that. Look at the songs, the movies, it's getting better, right? And so we have to think about these things. So first thing is be very thoughtful about the way you let people talk about your age. We're gonna start there. And if nothing else, that's the most important thing you could do. I am always careful about how I let people talk about me and any attribute of me because I will internalize some of that. So for instance, I don't let people talk about my body. If a friend says, oh, you look like you gained weight or you look like you lost weight, I always say, you know what, I'm gonna stop you. I appreciate what I think is your attempt to be complimentary, but I don't want you to comment on my body. I'm not saying that that's not awkward at times. I'm not saying that it's not weird or strange or frustrating, but my mental health means more and I set boundaries. And it is not normal in our culture. I remember running groups and some of the kids in the group would say, well, who does that? People that have mental health and confidence do that. And clearly you haven't been around people like that because this is so foreign to you. But if you're around people with a lot of self-esteem and boundaries, you are very familiar with them letting you know what is acceptable and what is not. And you can do it in a very loving, compassionate way. It doesn't mean it isn't a little funky or clunky, but I'll say to people that, I'll say, hey, you know what? I'd rather not talk about my body. I don't want you to tell me every time you see me your thoughts about it. I'm, that's not of interest to me. Just stay connected to me. Same thing with aging. I don't let people make age jokes because not only is that not real or honest, but it keeps me trapped in a mindset that age matters, that my chronological, the amount of time I've chronologically been here, that it somehow speaks to something. I don't want to live in that way. So it's almost like the word queering. The word queer in, 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 in academic and philosophical circles is a verb. It's an adjective, it's a perspective. Queer is not about being gay. Queer is about non-normativity. Queer is about diverse creative ways of being with sex and gender and orientation. People that like the same gender can be queer. People like the opposite gender can be queer. If they move through their heterosexuality or homosexuality in a very non-normative creative way, then they're queering it. And I queer aging, I'm age queer. Uh, how old are you? It doesn't matter. What are you trying to figure out when you ask someone that? Ask me that question. But that number of the amount of years I've been here tells you nothing at all. So ask me the real question. What is it you're really trying to figure out? Or are you trying to trap me, make an assumption about me, which is also what happens. Unconscious bias. Someone tells you their age and then you're flooded with a lot of assumptions. But that doesn't, none, often that's not even real. And so it's like we're trying to step outside of these labels. And so the first piece about battling ageism is being very cautious and thoughtful and boundaried around how you let people talk about your age and age in general. I wanna be around people that are excited about aging and that see it as a strength and a gift and they're excited at the next phase and then the next phase. That's what I wanna be around. Those are the kind of conversations I try to curate, right? Like let's be positive about this natural healthy process. Let's not be the kind of friends that are always knocking it or moaning. We can be honest about some natural elements of your body increasing in years. Yes, I have out of the blue, new and emerging aches and pains. That's real. But I'm not gonna use a deficit model and imply that my life is on its way down or the best is behind me. There's so much amazing to come. And I actively am working towards making every new year even better than the one before and capitalizing on what comes with me having been on this planet another year and another year and another year. So be very thoughtful about words 
how you label yourself, how you label aging, how you let other people reference aging around you. You can say to your friends, let's be those friends that aren't ageist because the culture's that way. Let's be more supportive, kind of like larger bodied individuals or gay individuals. Let's be that group that is very supportive. So that's the first piece. The second piece is stay curious. There's more to come. What do you want to do with this next year, this next decade? We've talked about this on the show before. It, it, you get to have a midlife breakthrough. You get to say, you know what? Moving forward, I'm not, I'm not an adolescent anymore. I no longer need to conform. I can now go up against the world and be my true authentic self. That's part of what aging gifts you, that confidence and that willingness to really individuate and to say, now it's time to be my true self. I've already landed in these different identities, being straight or gay, right? Married or single, parent or whatever it is. And now I shed those identities and I step into the parts of myself that can't coexist with those identities. I'm more than that. I'm bigger than that. Let's take a little break. Um, and when we come back, we'll keep talking about aging and how to battle it. And then uh, we'll be closing out by gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're just kind of uh, closing out the segment on aging. Look, this is important work for all of us. If you are blessed enough to be able to continue to participate in, in life and culture, let's take advantage of it. Let's do the most with it. Let's not shame ourselves for still being alive. Let's see that as a gift and say, what do I want to do with this gift? And so one of the most important things we can do, this also applies to going through a breakup of any kind, is to try to step into new novel experiences that is good for our nervous system, that is good for our neurology, that is good for our, for our psychology, but it also helps us when we have this decline narrative where aging to us is slowing down, stepping back, leaning out, the world shrinking, impairments, limitations. And yes, for some individuals, that very much is the story. But we still want to try to create some curiosity, some novelty and newness within the ways that are functional for us. What can you now do that you couldn't before? Or what do you want to do at this time, right? That's important. We don't have to be slowing down or backing off. We do necessarily maybe have to do things different. But how can we also enrich our time, enriching your environment by bringing in plants, art, whatever it is, can stimulate. It's an investment. I want people to know that you still should be seeking joy regardless of your age. You're not beyond it. It's still okay to change careers at any point in your life. It's still okay to seek joy and pleasure at any point. It's still okay to want love. But I'll, I'll work with some people that see their age as a limit. Well, I am so ins I'm this age now, so I have to let go of the idea of love, or I have to let go of the idea of whatever it is. And it's like not necessarily. It's just going to be different. But seeking it now will have as much meaning as had you sought it or found it years ago or decades ago. But still participate in the world. I guess that's that message. Still be in the world and still say, what do I have access to? What can I still do? How can I still be kind with myself? It doesn't have to be a giving up. And the more you do, the more you're able to do. And that's also how you push back on the decline narrative. We realize we can maybe handle a lot more than we thought we could because we're not backing off, right? We're not clinging to this cultural identity that, that life should be slowing down. Maybe we can speed it up. But also asking, I love this because we do this in a breakup as well. We look back at our past relationship and say, I can learn about myself. Who was I that I don't want to be again? And who was I that I do want to be again? What do I want to take forward? What do I want to leave behind? Aging affords us that same opportunity. Let me look back at who I've been as a family member, as a friend, right? Who I've been on this planet. Do I want to carry that forward? What kind of world do I want to step into? Do I want to be more social, less social, right? Do I want to step into some other gender expression or sexuality? I love people later in life coming out as gay, queer, trans, whatever it is, non-binary, poly, saying, you know what? I'm going to use the second part of my life to really step more into authenticity and truth because I spent the first part of life, you might say, trying to conform, trying to fit in, trying to please other people. And that's why we have these powerful moments, midlife breakthroughs, later life breakthroughs, where you say, I'm breaking through the confines and limitations that my position, my label, you know, my credentials, my gender, my sexual orientation, all these different factors that tend to really stop us from living in truth. Also, and this is just more of a functional thing, staying up on technology, learning, getting familiar with, finding the joy of, so as to participate in the world 
technology really lets the world get bigger. You can reach more people. You can tap into populations and communities that you couldn't before. Don't be afraid of technology. I see that as people age. It feels overwhelming. It's a skill that can be learned, but it also affords us a lot. Don't miss out on that. For some people, it becomes their access point into these new things, into this newness, this novelty, this learning, these new identities, right? Your children might have moved out in a way. Your partner might have divorced or passed away. Friends might have died, family members. Maybe someone moved, maybe you moved. How can you still look around the world that's available to you and create something that has meaning and purpose for you? Because you still matter. Your mental health still matters. Your joy still matters. We don't get to an age where we no longer, where we shouldn't any longer think about those things. And that's why I do love people later in life making career changes. Now, I know this isn't accessible for everyone, but I remember one of my early, early practicum sites when I was doing my clinical, my doctoral program in clinical psychology. And uh, the psychiatrist on staff was in her 60s. And she was only a few years out of med school because later in life, in her 50s, she decided to go to med school because she said, and I love this, she said, because I'm still here for a few more decades and I want those decades to be rooted in something that gives me purpose and meaning. And so I went back to school because what else was I going to be doing with that time? I wanted it to be still rooted in things that made sense to me and it's never too late. And I was like, you're right. It isn't. But we have that narrative that like as we age, it has to be a shrinking of the world, a leaning away from, a lessening, a letting go. And it doesn't. Some of that is choice. Some of that is bestowed upon us. There are real limitations, but some of that is choice. So just try to find some of the flexibility in that. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to glide into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Lumbline IG page. Anything you're wondering about, we got answers for you or a topic you want me to cover more, drop deeper into or I've never touched upon, drop it in there. And uh, past episodes of Loveline, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, my face, click on it. Bam, there they all are there. You can post, binge, share, re-listen. Um, so stick around, we'll be back. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the Channel Q and on Odyssey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we're back, and now it's time to glide into those DMs. Brought to you by Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, listening all the way from New York, and love your show. Thanks, East Coast. You know, I'm an East Coast boy. I'm from Philly. I lived in New York for many, many years. I went to NYU. Um, I miss New York. Such an amazing live music and art scene, and uh, consistently during the week. Tons of things happening. Here in LA, uh, we have a lot of galleries, museums, and things like that, but um, not a lot happening during the week. Not a lot of pop-up kind of stuff. Not a lot of underground work. It was always my favorite. Anyway, back to you. N enough about me. Uh, listening all the way from New York and love your show, I had a question about dating other cultures. My new girlfriend is Latina. Very strong roots. I want to really engulf and enjoy her culture just as much as she does. But sometimes I'm afraid that I'll be misappropriating or offending. Trying to use Spanish words, trying to learn Spanish dishes. Is there a line I need to realize? Or how do I know when I've gone too far? Don't want to offend her or family. By the way, I'm half white, half black, but was raised very white. Um, yeah. Sorry to hear that. I, uh, white white culture ain't much of a culture. We don't we don't have a lot going on in there. Um, it was my exposure to other cultures where I realized how much of a lack of a culture we had. Uh, and I've been trying to kind of tap into some of my Irish and Jewish heritage to really find something more culturally rooted. 
Anyway, this is not what you asked about. Um, I just like the idea that you're asking the question. So that's the starting point. When people are at least conscious of the existence or the possibility of something, it really soothes me because it tells me that they're gonna be looking out for and tracking. But more importantly, that you have the necessary empathy, right? To make sure that you're not problematically or in an oppressive way stepping into someone else's culture. A culture, like most cultures that have at times been harmed by whiteness, white supremacy, white culture, right? We tend to uh, appropriate, steal, repackage, right? Capitalizing on someone else's culture, their food, their fashion, um, all while still harming the population we stole from. We see a lot of that in fashion designs, food. Um, but bigger back to your point, I'm glad you're aware of it. I'm glad you're considering it. Definitely talk to your girlfriend about it. Let her know that it's something that you want to be very uh, careful and cautious about. And um, it's a fine line. There's a fine line between cultural appreciation and cultural celebration. And it's okay to celebrate, you know, as long as you're not taking, uh, making money off of, disenfranchising. Your interest, I'm sure, will be very welcomed and seen as a sign of respect where you're trying to participate in their world and not as per most white people, your white side, trying to make them center you and meet you where you're at. So they are Spanish speaking. So I love that you're saying, I'm not going to be yet another person that's demanding you to speak English, right? I'd love to speak in your language out of respect. Um, so again, I think this is a really beautiful thing. I think your heart is in the right place. I think your consciousness is what's needed and important. Check in with your girlfriend, right? She'll be a really good guide. But there's also a lot of really great research out there. Just really Google and sit with that. You know, the appropriation of Spanish culture, um, blah, 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 blah. You know, like Google, dig around. But just that consciousness is so important. And I want more people to think about that. Um, every time Halloween comes around or other holidays, I'm wondering how people are going to take advantage of. Uh, and also just looking at who's doing what, you know, um, are we honoring or are we dishonoring? So it's an important thing that we need to keep talking about. But um, I like where your head's at, you know, good stuff. All right, y'all. That is our show, but we'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about how to come out later in life, but more importantly, how to come out to important people in your life. And uh, then we'll be talking about some uh, breakup stuff. Oh, yes, that's right. But if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Anything you're wondering about, we got your back. We got answers. Or if there's a topic you want me to cover or a topic you want me to drop deeper into, let us know. And you can also head over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for my face, and there are all our past episodes of Loveline. Binge them, post them, share them, check them out. But uh, take some time. Spend the rest of your day doing a little bit of rest right? Build in some rest. Also tons of self-care and, uh, you know, still got some time. What can you do that gives you a little bit of joy or pleasure? You know, is there something you can snack on, take a moment to yourself, spend some time reading? Oh yeah. I want more people to get into the whole book thing. Not that there's anything wrong with Kindles or podcasts. <laughs> God, no, but, um, there's something special about holding a book in your hand. I always have a highlighter and a pen. It's a good experience. Anywho, Y'all, thanks for hanging out. Be kind to yourself, be kind to other people. Have a good rest of your night, and I will see you tomorrow. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 